0: Welcome to the Preaching of the Choir podcast with your host, me. Jen Randall. Today, guys, we have a Booster Club episode for you. Booster Club episodes are where we talk to people who are adjacent to show choir, but not necessarily show choir professionals. And in this episode, since we're all starting the school year and we're all getting ready to polish up our programs bright and shiny with the hope of a new year, whether we're in COVID or not, (laughs) we are talking to a graphic designer, photographer, and videographer by the name of Tim Randall. And I'll, I'll let you listen and see. if if we're related in any way, but please enjoy today's episode talking about logos and brand kits and designing and promotion of your department with Tim Randall. Preaching to the choir.
1: Right, go hang with ben take your ipad close the door please thank you
0: now that we're alone
1: <laughs> <laughs> what should we talk about
0: we should talk about show choir <laughs> since we got our children to leave us alone
1: we always talk about show choir that... let's talk about something else
0: no sorry that's literally my job kid so that's where we're at so yes, as you have survived, I see your rules. Tim Randall is uh, my husband, Tim Randall, and he is on the podcast today in a Booster Club episode with us because Tim Randall is a graphic designer, photographer, and videographer, and he has done an extraordinary amount of work for my mm-hmm. programs over the years. Um, pretty much anytime mm-hmm. you see something, you know, a t-shirt, a video, a photo gallery uh, website uh, logo from any of my groups ever Tim was likely involved or maybe did the whole thing and um, he has started doing more work for show choirs at large he's done um, some uh, videographic work for what goes on in a set piece for example, like televisions on screen behind you in a show choir situation, he's done that for a couple different groups. Um, he also did the rebranding completely of uh, Omaha Westside Show Choirs a couple of years ago, and mm-hmm. I thought he might be a really great resource for us to chat with at the beginning of a school year because if you're anything like me at the start of a school year, you've got that bright, shiny optimism of all these cool things you're going to do, you know, COVID notwithstanding, and It's always the time of year when I rethink like everything about the aesthetic of my group, basically. Um, So, yeah, we're going to we're going to chat with him a little bit today about how the heck do you do that?
1: Sure. (laughs) Sure. Let's do it. it.
0: So, okay, so the first question I want to ask you, since you are not a music teacher, is I'm not. Tell me about your background, though, in music, because you do have a background in music. So tell me tell us about your music life.
1: I do have a background in music. I, I grew up playing music. I started playing piano when I was in third grade and then bounced over to percussion mm-hmm. in fifth grade and kind of lived the life of a drumming rock star, I guess, um, uh, And but continued playing piano all the way through grade school and, and through high school and and kind of struggled my way through uh, piano recitals and things like that. but but loved playing drums. I played in pet bands and had a rock band in high school and also did marching band for what, three summers and then uh, the occasional jam sessions after that. Um, but always, always love music. I, I, I listen to pretty much anything and everything yeah. and appreciate it all. And um, yeah, I, Yeah,
0: And then you got stuck with me, and then there was more music. So much music, all the time music, yes.
1: All the time music, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, Tim actually went to a private high school, um, and so he lived at his high school. It was a boarding high school, friends. Um, And so that's why he says marching band over the summer, because they did their marching season uh, as a parade season, basically, Correct.
1: Yeah, yeah, we yeah. did. We, we did. It was kind of like uh, DCI, yeah. except it was for high school. And so we would actually compete and, and play in some Probably of the parades. and
0: because it was a Lutheran high school. <laughs> a, than, a lot less stuff
1: debauchery. <laughs> Zero debauchery. <laughs> if you really. know nothing like... about
0: DCI, friends, that's pretty much the only thing anyone ever hears about it in music circles is
1: right right the debauchery
0: so yes yeah but no. you got to travel um, and do that we, which is really cool we
1: yeah we still got to like sleep on gym floors and <laughs> sh- take, take really really cold showers <laughs> in, in showers that hadn't been used for months and cool, cool, and cool. uh yeah eat random sandwiches that, that were someone's prepared mom for us and you, yeah and absolutely yeah. yeah and we still you know passed out in parades and stuff like that <laughs> um but, really the dream But, but no exactly. we weren't in Yeah we weren't in college We were all you know 15, 16, yeah. 17 years old And um, traveling on tour buses and totally. And still But still putting in all the work On the weekdays And learning our show And, mm-hmm. and performing At some really cool venues Across the country And so Yeah, yeah It was still uh, I, I consider it a very full Marching band experience Oh yeah still. yeah, yeah. Um, I was on uh, Snare line by the way Yeah, You didn't ask I what I, what I played
0: what did, Well you said percussion And, and yeah, then well, you just kind of Never elaborated But I yes you were a snare line human i've got to brag we still on snare own line. your high school marching band t-shirt um from yeah i don't know that was probably your senior year i think it's i own them all um it was the 90s kids so we all wore our shirts 17 sizes too big so totally um Tim's Double XLs everywhere. Seventeen Double XL size shirt is uh, yep. something that I wear like around the house in like quarantine wear, basically. Um, but and interestingly, on the back of it,
1: interestingly, every shirt was designed differently every year, mm. for good reason.
0: I wonder why that is. We should talk more about that.
1: We probably should. Whenever you're ready.
0: Okay, just we'll get to that. Um, (laughs) The the short follow up in case you are following along at home and you do not know Tim and I is that we did meet in college. He was obviously not a music major, as he says, but we were adjacent, like literally like geographically adjacent in college for the first two years because he was an architecture major and i was a music ed major and those buildings are next to each other on campus and we've mm-hmm. had multiple conversations about how there's no way we weren't at the same food cart in architecture hall at some point like over the years yeah like, there's no way we weren't there at the same time so um, we did not meet each other specifically in that manner though we were actually set no. up well are we going to tell everyone how we were set up and who set us up
1: I mean, I I don't know what that has to do with anything. I
0: just think it's entertaining. I think people need to know. You ready, kids? (laughs) My mom set us up. How the heck did my mom set us up? She met him at a church function and she... yeah. Uh, took a picture of him which is not weird at all or she got a picture of you I don't remember how the picture part transpired but she sent me your picture is of uh, the picture is of him holding a baby because yeah, that's right. uh, he was the godparent to a child that we knew and um, yes. yes so my mom sent me a picture of him holding baby which you know when you're like 21 and you think you need to get married so badly as many 20 year old 21 year old girls do is that you're like oh he likes babies cool right. we should get married immediately but anyway she sent me his you're phone number you're 21
1: and ready to settle down i
0: guess i don't know i was in a big hurry about everything but we uh <laughs> we uh um did not meet right then he my mom sent me his number he had mine neither of us was bold enough to call the other person um, but we had a mutual friend. We did not know we had. My roommate's boyfriend actually was a mutual friend of Tim's and was like, dude, that's Tim. He's awesome. Blah. blah, blah. Gave me his life story. And then the very next and day.
1: Be- believe it or not, hold on. Um, he was also on the snare line.
0: Oh, that's right. At yes,
1: the University of Nebraska. Yeah, he was in the market. So land, yeah. it's all about the snare line. It's really it's just
0: about together. percussion is this this entire story. Our love story is about percussion. It's part of it. Um, but Tim went to buy a bed for his brand new apartment the very next day. Day after Marcus was like, "Dude, that's Tim," and um, and Shout Tim out Marcus. bought the uh, bed from Marcus. Yeah, and uh he was like, "Dude, this girl everybody's trying to set you up with lives with my girlfriend. You should come over tonight." And he did, and we all hung out. And then the rest is history. We hung out every day after. Well, except for there was a break somewhere around day eleven where you were like, "Do we need to hang out every day?" And I was like, yeah. "Yes," because I mean,
1: there's a- only so much gen that you can really <laughs> handle. At any given point of time,
0: and yet you still—I wasn't ready
1: me. to get married after day ten.
0: <laughs> oh, no, I was. I was like, "This is it." Check mark, snare drum, well, obviously, and tall. Obviously. Tall and snare drums, that's all I needed to know. Well, okay, that's our very, very short version of our love story, which is absolutely not why you've tuned into Preaching to the Choir podcast today, but there you go, now you've got a little bit of that in your life. Um, But, after your music time, you know, you kept music in your life, of course, in, in the way that a lot of people do after they play in high school. You like to listen to it, you still attend live shows, things like that, and then, of course, obviously we did get married, and then you kept music in your life really intensely because that's a huge part of my life. So, I think... Not the first couple years of teaching for sure. The first year when we were here in Texas, I know is when I for sure first roped you in to doing some design branding type work for our department. Um, Yep. At Central High School. And so yep. we had, I know you did our first website. I remember that vividly. I don't even know that they had a website prior to that the first two years. The no, they didn't. Open. Yeah.
1: Well, and it was the year t- 2005 Five. and we- websites were, I don't know, they were still not very common. Well, and they Facebook were not user friendly to create. Yet.
0: Yeah. It was like, it was still a lot of coding and HTML and it wasn't like you could right. just go to Wix or Weebly or whatever and just fake build yourself a website like you had to code a site for us basically
1: yeah and the department was still new it was only a year old and so we still two years old yeah and we still needed to find a way to get information out to students and parents Mm -hmm. um and in an attractive way that was fun and interesting for for kids we made it look like
0: a desktop i remember like someone's desk Um, we made it in flash yeah and it kind of looked like it had a sticky note and a pencil and a like a an iPod on it. It, like, it had different things on the desk and you click on the different items and it did different things for you. My favorite was the iPod where you could listen to uh, recordings of the choirs from the previous year. And if any of you have ever done, um, uh, Damon, oh, there's a third word there. Corpus. Is that the part? Anyway, Damon's what's everybody. Sounds calls about it. right. Everybody calls it daemon. um, which is the Damon. Da da, that song for those of you who are choir nerds, um, that, was one of the recordings. And so when you'd roll over the iPod, it would be like, damn on. (laughs) Damn on. I still remember like anytime I had to go to the website, you accidentally roll over that. I was like, damn (laughs) on. Um, But yeah, that was, I mean, and I, that was kind of our first you and I collaboration moment of that kind of work. And, and it was great. And we were super happy with it. And that was the website we had for a long time. And that kind of began that for you and I getting to work together and do those things. But um, that's right. The, um, the main reasons we wanted to have you on to talk today are kind of related to that topic of the doing the website work and things like that. Because especially with show queries, and I think some people get this, I'm not sure everyone does, but it is really the chamber of commerce of your query department, show queries. Um, it is for sure in most cases, by far in most cases, the most visible part of your choir department. And so not just your show, but like everything surrounding it, you know, it's, it's the logo on the jackets or the, um, Or the um, garment bags that your kids are carrying around that people see and embed in their minds for you. It's the the vinyl wrap that goes around the trailer that you use to pull all of your props. It's uh, the t-shirts that your parents wear and that kind of stuff. Like all of that gets bundled together in what we call your brand. That is your brand, whether you realize it or not. And even you not doing a brand, you having an absence of a brand in your mind as a director... Is a brand, friends. So um, Tim's going to tell you, first of all, why Comic Sans is the devil and you should never use it.
1: (laughs) Uh, Because your kindergarten teacher uses it. (laughs) And it should never be used in anything else. No. Except for kindergarten math.
0: Maybe that's it. I mean, even then. So basically, when you're thinking about creating Mm -hmm. a brand kit or a logo, so to speak, at least, um, for your kids, you need to think about... The style of the typography, which is how the words look. You need to think about colors that you're using. You need to think about iconography, which is like the actual design pieces, design elements that are in there. Um, Right. Like, I would think those would be the three main things, right, if you were trying to do it on your own.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Is there anything you could tell us that would maybe be... Like some design tricks or thoughts we should keep in mind. Let's start small and say we are redoing a logo. What are some things? Okay. Not not you working as a professional for us, but if we were trying to do it on our own, what are some things we would need to keep in mind? we making a
1: logo. Well, sure. Um, well, your logo should should absolutely fit the vibe of your group, um, and so you'll need to do kind of a study and and think of maybe a list of 10 descriptive words about your group and think about what is the culture of of your group and where do you want to take them moving Mm -hmm. forward. Mm -hmm. And that should help you establish what style logo you're you're trying to design for them. And um, and and then it's a lot of ideation. It's a lot of sketching sketches and and just getting your ideas out on on page. Um, no bad on, on ideas print. when you're brainstorming. No, but, no bad ideas. Literally, the sketchbook doesn't judge you. You just draw, and you come up with just whatever ideas you can to organize and arrange your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, and the and and what what graphics might look great Mm -hmm. next to your brand name um and um and then also keep an eye out and and look at at logos that work and 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 figure out what you like about them and see how those styles might apply to your group Mm -hmm. um not saying that you should rip off a logo absolutely don't don't do that don't steal to
0: know what you like if you see what you like it's a lot harder to create from literal scratch
1: right so when you look at a logo, you should kind of identify the vibe of it and, and maybe the vibe of something, uh, it, it matches what your group is doing. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, it could be something that's super minimalist and really simple, or it could be something that uh, that matches a specific style, um, like a badge logo or or matches a, you know, a monogram type of a logo or something like that. And um, maybe you can really identify with that and then mm-hmm. adapt that style To what you're trying to do Mm -hmm. and 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 so just to get started you know start sketching and and even download those logos that you really like Mm -hmm. and use that as kind of a kind of a mood board yeah and you might be might be able to pull colors from it as well yeah and 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 typefaces and things like that and and it just and and just gather your thoughts into and I like to make a mess on my computer. My desktop is just <laughs> covered with ideas and things like that. Um, but you, you might be able to create a folder and drag it all in there, or use something like Evernote or um, you know some sort of an online cloud service to to kind of collate for you. Hold, yeah, put them together, and that would be a perfect place to start. Mm-hmm. And just just gather your ideas, get them out of your head. And and scour the internet for what you like mm-hmm. and put those together. And then from there, you can decide, yeah, I can design this thing myself. Yeah. I, I, I know exactly what I want. I know exactly how to do it. I'm going to make it. Um, or you hire somebody or, 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 or look within your group. There's oftentimes there's a creative that one of the parents is a graphic designer, uh, or understands even just if they understand the software and you have that perfect, clear idea, that perfect vision to hand over to them and say, I want you to make this, Mm -hmm. this is, this is, this is the idea that I have. Um, I'd love to see a logo like this. And then you can hand it off to that to that designer well and i will say
0: though that i have to interrupt you real quick because like you're saying you hand it off to someone in your group yes absolutely but we all know as directors and professionals like and you know this too because you've watched it for years but you know sometimes there are some political things at play there that are not worth working within your group booster structure for um like let's say you're a graphic design parent um also has a child who is a nightmare to work with and always wants a solo and it seems to be a quid pro quo situation happening and if he helps you with the logo he expects that like don't do that honestly this is why we're telling you maybe just hire a professional (laughs) like if you're not gonna do it on your own it's maybe just worth hiring a professional because hopefully you're creating something that can stand the test of time for a long time. You want it to be That's around the point. for a while. Yeah, so you, it, it's okay to spend a little money here, I guess is kind of what I wanted to interrupt and say. This would be a place where you certainly earn your return on, on that kind of moment. Um, I always had to think too, whenever I was doing logo stuff, um, where will the logo be? So you have to think about, like, is it just going to be printed places? Is it going to be screen printed on a shirt? Is it going to be embroidered somewhere? Is it going to be, like, because you kind of have to keep that in mind. Um, and you may need a couple different versions of your logo for different purposes. Um, one that's busier, one that's more of just a silhouette, one that's, you know, like, there's a lot of different ways. And you can see that within companies, too, where you look at... Um, A company for example where you think okay i see that one letter or that one graphic element and i know it's this company and then um i see the entire logo and that's similar but it's 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 a little bit more spelled out a little bit more detailed a little bit different i'm trying to think of a company off the top of my head that that would apply to like where they've got a singular moment oh i can say show collective Any, i can really just use show collective as the example you you could show collective has the xo that we use um, which is the X and the O of a blocking chart. And when you see that logo, I mean, if you've been looking at our Instagram or you've been following us for a while or you have one of our shirts, you recognize that that logo means Show Collective, even though it doesn't say Show Collective anywhere on it. We also, however, have a medallion-shaped logo that says Show Collective and has the XO in it. So that's kind of an example of like what I'm saying. You may need a couple different iterations of something excuse me, to get exactly what you want.
1: Yeah. Well, the, the, and, and the logo can contain two uh, items. This, yeah. Let me say, say that again, I guess the logo can contain the graphic, mm-hmm. uh, which is, could be an icon or it yeah. could be so, just some sort of a graphic uh, that's a visual representation that can stand without any text. Mm-hmm. And then, and then you can add to that the word mark yeah. um, that spells it all out. And then you see both. Right. And um And you should consider creating both. Mm -hmm. One that is just, you know, again, um, um, like you said, show collective, the X and O Mm -hmm. can be representative of the brand without the word show collective. And they can see the XO and and, and get it.
0: Mm -hmm. No, that makes a lot of sense. Um, Canva uses the term, um, and I love this, and it's certainly a universal term, but I see it on their site and every time I'm there. They have something called a brand kit. When you're putting it all together and a brand kit essentially is all of your logos any colors that you use in your branding of your group or your department um, and and they're specified by color code either Pantone or the, or the hex color keys which if you don't know what that is you can google that and you can learn more about that but first of all yeah go look up Pantone if you don't know what that is that's like the color bible right
1: yeah, it is. It's where we geek out about color. Yeah. Everything is there. Um And color.adobe.com.
0: Is you would change your costumer's so life, good. friends, if you used yes. Pantone for yeah. your colors of your outfits. You can say, you could look through the Pantone guide and you could say, instead of being like, I want it to be like a purpley, like bluish purple. You can go, I want it to be Pantone. One three da, 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 and give her right. your costume or the color code, and then they could look it up. And it's exactly what you want. Oh my gosh, you would change people's yep. lives with dye lots or, if you started using that, or
1: hex, or 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 even a, a an existing brand. You're like, I love the color of the Nebraska Huskers. Right. Like I want that. I want that red. And then you can look up what is the Pantone for yeah. that, or even the CMYK or RGB mm-hmm. colors for that, and then plug that right into your design and Mm -hmm. then your color is you know what it's going to look like when it's printed or Mm -hmm. when it's on screen Mm -hmm. it's that scarlet
0: it's it's pantone
1: 187 U.
0: it's speaking the same language as those who are helping you from a design standpoint when you do something like that so yes if you if you have not merged your color life with pantone we encourage you to do that it's also they have like The Pantone company puts out a color of the year every year, which is so fun. And it helps you stay on top of color trends. They can talk to you about color trends. Pantone, friends. I'm Again, the link's down low. You can take a look at that. Pantone is amazing. Um, So we've talked about iconography. We've talked about typography. We've talked about color. Um, We've talked about design aspects to keep in mind. We've given you a couple of websites that you can go to to do all of that. So let's say that all of this is just too much and you would just rather pay somebody to do it for you like it's just totally i i'm gonna i'm gonna hand it over i've got my ideas but i'm gonna hand it over to somebody so i'm gonna use i'm not asking his permission we're just gonna do this because i don't think he will care but we're gonna use doran as an example here doran johnson at omaha Western sure hired him a few years ago to redo his entire brand kit basically for um for the the choir department and the show choirs as a whole So can you kind of walk us through, like, if we were to contact, I mean, you or anyone who's a graphic designer. Sure. um, Like, what's the first steps? And let's just kind of walk through, like, what you need from us and how it works and the timeline and all that fun stuff. So I call you and I'm like, hey, we need a new logo. What happens next?
1: (laughs) Okay. Well, that's a really vague way to start the conversation. That would be annoying. Hey, I need a new logo. (laughs) Right. Um, yeah, no, and, and that's when, I guess that's when the conversation begins. And so your graphic designer should talk to you, um, should ask you a lot of questions about your group um, and understand who they are and understand what you're looking for in the logo. Ultimately, as the director, you're the client. And so you're going to want to give the, the designer as much info- information as possible Is it to get started. appropriate for
0: me to give you like designs that I made or that I like or like send you like yeah, it's my DM board? Okay.
1: Absolutely, so it's a starting people place. people get
0: nervous working with professionals. Sometimes they think they don't want to be stepping on toes, but that's what you want, right? You want that clear guidance from us as to what we're looking for.
1: Absolutely, because otherwise, um, if you had something in mind and you're not telling the designer, mm-hmm. then you are wasting his time and or her time, and and you are going to be paying for that time as well.
0: I, I think and that it's important for us to keep in mind here that we as directors. Daddy, you're not
1: uh, yeah, in in forty five minutes. Our seven year
0: old is interrupting us. <laughs> he sounds like a three year old right now.
1: Okay, I I can't right now. Okay, we'll we'll nightclub in forty five minutes.
0: Nightclub is when they all hang out in our eldest son's room <laughs> on their devices. My husband created that when I used to have late night rehearsals in Mitchell. They would nightclub guys. It's the the nightclub thing ever. I'm probably leaving that in because it was hilarious to me. Um, (laughs) We were talking about how like it's like when you work with as a director, when you work with choreographers or costumers, for example, or arrangers, if you can't clearly articulate what you want you could just keep going back and forth, right? Like with the rangers, they send it to you and you're like this doesn't seem right. I don't know why. Like that's that's so frustrating for an arranger when you do that. Or a choreographer, they put out the the they do all the movements and you're like they leave and you're like I didn't like that dance break at all. Uh, okay, well what <laughs> don't you like about it? It's just weird. Okay, well that's not helpful. This is the same thing. This is a creative working with you. So you need to give them as much clear guidance as you can to get what you want. They want you to be happy.
1: That's right. Yeah. Yeah, and and your designer will will work and, and will work up a, a ton of ideas mm-hmm. initially just to kind of just to kind of get that initial reaction response from from you as the director right and um, and 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 may make the logo that you suggested but then while they are creating that logo they may also add in some other ideas or options so um, when I in get... general, in, in general, they might they might give you anywhere from two to yeah. five That's I- what I was ideas. Gonna say. We're not going
0: to get back just one logo. This will be a process, ladies and gentlemen. You send it back and forth a couple times usually um, to kind of find it. I don't know that I've ever had a situation where it was like, that was the logo. You nailed it on the first try because it's just it's a process of, of going back and forth with what you like and do like. And, you know, right. I, I'm always surprised by how sometimes, I don't want to say every time, but a lot of times our ideas of what we thought we wanted change course pretty quickly after you do the first run of the design. Because once you see it flushed out in particular, you go, oh, maybe that's not what I wanted. And then you're glad Tim or your designer gave you three other options because you see something else that sparks your interest. Okay. So I go back through yeah. and I say, I like design C okay, we, this is the one yeah. we want. We've gone back and forth a couple of times. I, what do I get or what should I ask for? Or what am I allowed to ask for maybe from you? What's appropriate to ask for for you? Like how many files should I be getting? Can I have it in like multiple formats? Like all of that kind of stuff. Like what am I asking them for in the end here?
1: Yeah, ultimately in the end, you're going to get um, deliverables that are flexible. Um, that so, so that means that you're going to get... Um, a, a file that is vector, um, like in an Illustrator or an EPS format, that you can use for T-shirts, and and, it, and you can immediately just hand right off to the to the T-shirt company, right. um, um, or or file, merchandise, water bottles.
0: What software can I open a vector file in if I don't have Adobe? Is there a way for me to open that?
1: Um, you can if it's a PDF, mm-hmm. which a PDF would often be included, so you can open a PDF in in, in Acrobat or um are they going to
0: an AI as a standard or an EPS as a standard
1: that that kind of depends honestly um if the designer tries to maintain a lot of ownership over the design they may not hand over an AI or something that can be manipulated um honestly I, I mean I know I, I never I don't operate that way I hand it over so that you can make it like yeah, so that you, you have full it, yeah. use of it mm-hmm. um, um uh, some designers might try and maintain that ownership and and want to keep you as a client right. and continue to collect money as you need it. And so um, those are details you'd want to work out <laughs> before you, you get that started a
0: school but right. okay um, when it, it, when we got, like, for example, once you once you handed over all of Doran's stuff, you know, you would have sent him. Something that was like an AI or an EPS type of file, which are which are vector files that are manip- you can manipulate them. You can open them up in Adobe and mess with them if you need to. Or that's a lot of times what like printing type companies will want from you because they can get the cleanest copy off of a vector. Um, I think that there was like a singular letter iconography. There was like the group's names spelled out, right? We did Simply Irresistible and we did Warrior Express and we did say we like i had anything to do with it or we did uh, atsc right and then there was an overall choir department logo like they each had their own brand identity by the time we were done and i'm i'm saying that that is a super positive thing to do i think that's important to do for your kids um, if you're paying a graphic designer pay them to do all of it do all of that like each of your groups should have their own identity, if you have multiple groups in your department. And you should have one clear identity for everyone. Um, one of the coolest things I saw Doran do with his stuff as also judging COE this year, it called you. I think, or I took a picture and I sent it to you or something like that. But you did. I was in the yeah. uh, main office. Uh, we were like signing score sheets as judges or something like that, and, or like checking over something. And um, there were moms in there who had these like paper bags, like gift bags, you know, and the world's largest stamp like an ink stamp and I was like what is that what's on that stamp and she lifted it up and it was the main logo that you had done for them for the whole department right. the w with yep. the with the repeating excellence sign and um he'd made it into a rubber stamp where his boosters had so that he could like brand paper products really quickly I was like oh my gosh that's genius I would never have thought with to do the that. stamp but it's on yep, cups it's on sweatpants it's on a jacket it's on and then like we We ran into them at a competition a couple of years ago somewhere and it was on the big cute signs that like the host kids from the other school had made for them because that was their identifiable like logo. That's what people saw when they're used to seeing them. I think that is so crucial. I think you want it to be a situation where people see an image. People see a certain kind of lettering. Think about, for example, if you saw the Coca-Cola font and it didn't say Coca-Cola, would you know it was Coca-Cola? Yes is the answer. Like that's such a, that's such an iconic thing. You want to work towards that. You want to have something iconic like that for your kids and mm-hmm. your department mm-hmm. that's easily recognizable. It creates, it helps create like a vibe, as you said earlier, a vibe of excellence around what you're doing. If you have, totally, if you have a, a brand that you can follow along, right? Um, sure. Okay. Next, I want to make sure we get to the other two things I want to talk to you about is um, Okay is photography because that is really like one of your first loves and passions and that's um the way that a lot of people in show choir worlds first met you and worked with you um right tim would do the photography for our uh competition event back when a lot of us were still doing still photography now that has not been as common in past years but musicals and things like that are still things that you end up photographing theater
1: performances yeah sure headshots
0: What do we need to know if we are shooting? Maybe it's our professional photo that goes in our programs that you know we always have to send into competitions and things like that. If we were shooting it ourselves, what a little tutorial, huh? What would you want us to know and/or do?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, first off, hire a photographer. No, just kidding. Um, Well, no, but that can be your
0: advice. I mean, if that's (sighs) what you want to say.
1: No, 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 not necessarily. Um uh well the the first thing that you would want to to handle is um how your group looks on stage right um make sure your subject looks awesome so um what about lighting uh, I, so so um Start lighting now. often oftentimes your available light is your stage light mm-hmm. um and so and that's also the environment that most people will see your the performers dressed mm-hmm. the, the way they are in costume um And so, yeah, um, make sure that your your stage lighting is on full blast, right? From the front,
0: right? Not just overhead.
1: Correct. Mm -hmm. Not just overhead, but also from the front. All the lights you've got, put Mm them on, you know, fire them up. But then also make sure you don't want your group to be in front of the lights so that their hair is all lit up and their faces are dark. You want to make sure that they are actually centered underneath the light Mm -hmm. and um, um, or even a little bit towards the back, just so that it is evenly lit Mm -hmm. from the stage lighting. And um, and then you're going to want to make sure that your camera, you might be standing up on top of the chairs and your auditorium, um, uh, but you're going to want to make sure that you are at about eye level with them so you're not shooting up uh, the stage at them. Um, or down from from the rafters shooting
0: from the rafters is a super popular choir professional photo I don't know what that is like in choir world specifically people are obsessed with the like kids breaking their necks looking straight up looking up mean, I can't tell you how many like TMEA or NCDA like photos I've seen like that or even it's not bad I mean if that's what you're doing because it's kind of a look in our universe like I guess you can keep doing that but if you're shooting yourself you don't need to do that is what you're saying
1: yeah, no, you don't need to. And that's that's when you're just trying to get a little bit extra creative, uh, which sometimes can work and sometimes not. Um, it can sometimes come off wrong.
0: What about, um, let's pivot slightly to the left and talk about the thing that you and I both currently teach a little bit of right now, which is um, videography. Sure. So yeah. it can also, just like shooting stills, it can be really difficult to get a good recording of your kids mainly because they're performing when it's happening um and we like as directors to have a stable camera shot we don't love multi-camera where it like pans to random children because like the full picture is important so um like if i'm recording in the house let's say i'm recording a rehearsal a dress rehearsal um best to set the camera in the very back Should I do different stage lighting if I'm trying to just get a good recording, if I'm not really worried about an audience, so to speak? What's any any thoughts on that?
1: Sure. Yeah. Um, Well, ideally,
0: not tripod.
1: (laughs) Right. Um, I I, honestly, most of the time for a director, the best thing you have on you is an iPhone. True. In most cases, you don't have a separate $3,000 camera Mm -hmm. uh, to take a professional video, Mm -hmm. nor should you if it's just a rehearsal, probably, Mm -hmm. unless you're going to use it for a documentary or for social media (laughs) or something like that. But if you're just trying to get the overall picture of your rehearsal. Um, then, then obviously, you know, you want to see the entire stage the entire time. So, you you know, the big picture of your show Mm -hmm. and then, yeah, you're setting up your camera, um, prop it up against something, um, in the back, um, or, or set it on a tripod if you have one. And, um, I have um, an Amazon
0: link that I'll throw in the description for everybody. Okay. That awesome monopod and phone holder setup that you and I have at home.
1: Sure. And then simple trick. I mean, you know, the more resolution you can capture the better you're going to deal with a pretty big file if you're shooting 4k, but, but one little trick, one little piece of advice. Um, So many times I see cell phone video that is just blown out on stage. um, When you just, you set up your camera and just hit hit record. And in the end you can't even really make out faces. You can't see the expressions that they're giving and things like that because you didn't do one thing and that's tap on the screen the brightest part of the screen, and then you might have to tap and drag down.
0: The so brightest part down, of the
1: screen. Right, the brightest part of the screen, which is often going to be their faces right. um, because they are going to be centered underneath the, the stage lighting. Right. And tap and drag that down so that it, it, it brings the exposure down so that you can clearly see their faces and their expressions, and that also is going to help out your color. Mm-hmm. It's going to make everything look better. And uh, so, with a with an iPhone, with a simple smartphone, remember to do that. Um, otherwise, if you yeah, otherwise if you do have uh, DSLR, most modern DSLR cameras or mirrorless cameras will also shoot video, and you'll get a better video from those cameras. Um, and with those, if you don't understand the manual settings, you can just set it you know in automatic and and record with that. You'll get a better picture. Probably than with you would with your iPhone
0: DSLR for those of you who don't know unless you're if you're not going to Google it right this instant is the type of camera that looks like a camera like where there's a lens coming out of the body and then like you think about sometimes maybe there's a flash on top of it you'd have to insert that separately but that's that's what that's what a DSLR is and again like I was saying they do record video in most cases now um You know, most of us don't even have video cameras anymore because we're just doing things with our phone and that's fine. But he's got a great point about their faces being super blown out and and the lighting on that Um, tripod. Always. I just I mean, when I talk to my own media kids about that, it's like tripod, take a tripod. Oh, my gosh. Why did you like 90 percent of B-roll that is junk that we end up having to throw out? Um, from my media production class is because they didn't use a tripod so if you've got a tripod use it if you don't have a tripod stabilize it don't use your hands because it it's very hard to watch the video if somebody's just trying to hold it steady Um, also you'd never record in portrait ladies and gentlemen you only record in landscape landscape is horizontal that's that one the side to side the wide think about what your television looks like sweet friends Is your television mounted where it's long ways standing up on its side? No, nerds. Then why are you recording? This is not TikTok. That's the bottom line. It's not. It's not TikTok. So record landscape. Record a horizontal. Although
1: that would be a cool show choir show.
0: It's just a TikTok show? A TikTok show?
1: Oh, I, I I call it, I call it, I call it.
0: Well, those were kind of the main, like, elements I wanted to make sure I got through with you tonight. I mean, I know that this is a lot of technical jargon, friends, but, um, you know, it's important that anything we put out for our groups is done well. And so I wanted you to have the opportunity to hear from someone who does this professionally and does this for groups. Um, and also just so you know that there are resources, there are people you can ask. Um, if you wanted to ask him a question about design or something like that, he would happily do that for you. Um, for sure. I will throw that his email in there, or if you wanted, to, even if you wanted to hire him specifically, you could do that. I'll throw his email in the description too, if you want to do that. But, um, but I know that at the start of the year, one of my favorite things is to kind of I don't know, just like create the visual land I'm going to live in for the next year. So like when I plan a show, I want a logo to go with it. I want a color scheme to go with it. I want to know what the shirts are going to be like. And I know that some of that is just me, but a lot of, a lot of show choir directors are really into being able to do that with their shows. So Mm -hmm. I wanted to give you guys Mm -hmm. some resources and, and some new information on that if you hadn't really delved into that before, but, um,
1: for sure. I think it really – it helps drive the year with good graphic design, good branding and marketing just just for the show that you're doing that one year. Mm -hmm. Um, And it does promote excellence. It gets – it promotes Mm buy-in and everybody remembers like, oh, yeah, that was the camera year. That was the the photo frame year. That was the – you know, and, and sometimes it's based on the visuals that you did on stage, but other other times it's based on the graphic design that mm-hmm. you used uh, mm-hmm. to, to to market and promote that year's show.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, so many of my, like, and we know I'm a t-shirt junkie for sure, but like so you many are. of my favorite shows are also my favorite t-shirts. Those things go together like hand in hand. So, um, yeah, build a brand around your show and what you're doing. I mean, it doesn't have to be overwhelming. It doesn't have to take over your life to do this, but uh we promise you from our own personal experience as well as seeing other groups do it it's it's a really cool way to build your department a really a really neat way to add to what you do there um to kind of build again it's professionalism because that's a a large part of what we're teaching these kids and you're also by by doing this sort of thing you're teaching the kids that that matters um you know maybe sure. they go out and maybe they become an entrepreneur someday and they want to start their own business and they're like I need a logo. Oh my gosh. We even hired a professional guy to do our logo back in show choir. Maybe I should hire a professional guy to do my logo. You should like, that's what they are there for. They are professionals for a reason, just like we're professionals for a reason. So, um, do what you can on your own. But if you get to a place where you get stuck, there are professionals out there for you to talk to. So, um, you mm-hmm. get asked the same five questions everyone gets asked. Oh no, really? Yeah. So this should be very entertaining.
1: You didn't um, prepare me for this. I here we go.
0: I, Cause I knew you'd freak out. All right. So here we go. First right. question is an easy one. Okay, it's a softball question. What's your favorite? I play softball. No, That's perfect. Not church league softball. Not beer league softball. What oh, great. is okay. your favorite form of entertainment? Like what? When My... you're trying to chill, what are you doing?
1: I am playing Clash Royale,
0: <laughs> which is a game on your phone.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, I am a master at clash royale and it is totally my reset button if escape. i need to it's my escape yes, yes. <laughs> if i if i need to just like kind of i don't know think of a new idea or kind of cleanse the palette a little bit i'll play a little bit of clash royale sometimes a little bit becomes a lot but I yeah, didn't i'll say play that. a little bit of <laughs> <laughs> and and yeah, uh, that's, that is one of my, that is totally.
0: When yeah, that it's... app opens, it makes a song. Like it plays a little, a little ditty when the app opens. It's like, dee, 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 dee. and like our children even are like, dad, are you playing Clash yep. Royale right now, dad? Like it's, totally. it, we just, my, my brain lives with that music, but no, I'm happy for you. You, you and Clash Royale and me and Netflix basically. Um, yep. Okay. So now a little bit harder question second question is, what is your favorite, and this works for you because you're sort of involved with all of this, what is your favorite show choir show that you've ever been involved with?
1: Okay, so So I've been been involved with quite a few. You're right. It's been, what What are we going on, 16 shows? Yeah. Mm -hmm. 16 shows. Um, I I think that my, I've, and every year honestly has been an amazing mm-hmm. year mm-hmm. Um, with every group. And I think every director would probably say that too. Um,
0: yeah, it's hard to choose.
1: Yeah, it is. Very, it's, it, I, I, I'd have to say, recent memory, it's the only human show.
0: Oh, um, yeah. Is and it
1: called, do you call yes. it the only human yeah. show? In, yeah. Uh, friend Aku. yeah that's 2017
0: um, that's the one where the big red heart is on stage that gets put together for the closer and they're wearing the costumes yeah. that sort of look like skeletons and they sing I think that every
1: one ballad. of those songs every one of those songs is still ingrained in my memory and um i'll wake up randomly with one totally. of those songs still in my head totally that so was a wonderful that, show yes and i think honestly there were there, there are so many shows that That were my favorites. Um, But that one, I just kind of keep coming back to. Yeah,
0: I love that. That's such a great answer. Um, right, and,
1: great, great kids, great students. Oh yeah, too. those
0: kids that were freshmen here are going to college right now, and a couple of them have messaged Love me it. this week actually with like something from that show, and I'm like, stop it! I'm to yeah. her crying in the club. I can't think about Just it. The
1: whole community, everything was really cool. That was
0: a really special vibe for sure. Um, and again, we always put these in the description, guys. So if you want to watch the show, okay. Follow up question, similar question, um, number three. Okay. What is your favorite show choir show you've ever seen, but you can't have had anything to do with it?
1: Seen, but had nothing to do with. Um, okay, so, um, so I would have to say, what? So
0: that might be harder.
1: It might be. Um, I love the Burbank show.
0: Oh, the uh, prodigal I-
1: It is the prodigal son. With the lights and the... Yeah.
0: -hmm.
1: yeah. Um, I just think it's so well made. Did they also have Harry Potter? Was that a different That's a
0: different group in California, but the Harry Potter show is fun also. Oh, no, no, no. You should definitely... You can say that one too.
1: So I'll just say California... Just circa twenty fourteen.
0: Circa, I think. Uh, Prodigal is twenty twelve. So, and Harry okay. Potter twenty eleven. So, like twenty eleven through twenty fifteen, you saw quite a few of those because I would come in and be like, "Oh my gosh, look at this Right. Um, but Burbank Prodigal. Yep. Is or the maybe
1: great maybe attache and Clocks was was pretty cool oh, too.
0: Oh yes, that's a good um,
1: one too. Yeah.
0: That's. I think that's also twenty twelve.
1: I think so because that was the end of the trilogy all- year. Years. Yeah. And I, I've only seen these shows when hanging out with your choreographers and <laughs> just, you know, geeking out about show choir until all hours of the night.
0: Stephen Todd was uh, my choreographer in Texas and obviously in Mitchell as well. But um, he would come he would stay with us when he came down. And um, early on, when we were all much younger, you and him would stay up way later than I could. And totally. like he would he would first like make us like watch whatever video he loved from that year. Um, you know yeah. on our laptop on our porch And then uh, And then I would be like I gotta go to sleep And then I'd be like the next morning what time do you guys go to bed Like Tim went to bed at one and then Steven stayed up and choreographed Like there was just you guys were Machines I couldn't have done that at that Totally age. like that was yep. so fun but yeah you're Right that was I mean we used to just geek out And watch shows all the time On YouTube
1: You You guys did I would just end up like Sitting off in the corner and be stuck listening
0: No you <laughs> loved it I,
1: Oh, sure. You
0: loved some of it. (laughs) At that time, we were still more about the... uh, um, We could still have more libations at that age and not regret it. We could. So that was probably part of it. Yep.
1: Yep. Mm -hmm. (laughs)
0: Okay. Fourth question. What is your... Well, Well, we'll pivot for you since you didn't do show choir in high school. Can you remember any of the songs you played in your senior year of marching band?
1: Okay. Well, I did... I was in choir by the way.
0: No, but I school. meant show choir. Well, you could tell us high school choir I, songs if you want. Prep singers? Year. Yes. Just concert choir. Uh
1: My <laughs> favorite song?
0: No, if you can remember anything from your senior year. Senior year specifically.
1: Yeah, I, I can and and honestly, um my high school classmates will randomly sound it like send it out on Facebook. <laughs> Um, it is uh, say a hamba. Did I say it right? Oh, say,
0: uh, say a see hamba. hamba, see a hamba, see a
1: hamba, um, <laughs> 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 yeah, There you go. Na 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 na.
0: yes, see that a hamba. is
1: that is that is one, and 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 literally that was our our choir's attempt at show choir because I think we actually kind of like stepped. To the side a little bit you and like swayed? waved our hands and arms yeah you and i also played congas swayed? i i also played congas so i i played percussion with Listen. with the choir so Listen. it was like a <laughs> it was like a little bit of show choir it
0: kind of was for, that's fair yeah okay yeah, i yeah. love that answer that's adorable but we were
1: really good in our minds
0: yes i would love to see a video now because i we always think that too like everybody does uh, that's one of like the common threads when i ask this question is people will be like they'll either be like we thought we were so good and i've watched a video and we were terrible or they'll just be like we were straight up terrible you know like no one is sure. ever quite as good as you remember it being in your head but that's just yeah. high school that's the trick that but you were always you.
1: the best class we were obviously always the best class. obviously yeah.
0: well we really were we were the class of 99 we were the last yep. of a millennium, guys, so yeah, we really totally. were the best. Um, Okay, last question is, okay. what is your most embarrassing stage moment? Because you were in musicals too, and you were in choir, and you were in band. Most embarrassing, actually, okay. I'm wondering if this is going to be from your actual garage band moment.
1: Garage band moment? Did you not throw um... a stick
0: And it like, oh
1: man. Yeah. Okay.
0: (laughs) Okay. No, you pick most embarrassing moment.
1: Okay. I'm going to give you two and you can pick, you can pick whatever, whichever one you want. Okay. So, um, in, in, in high school, I had a piano recital Mm -hmm. and, um, you know how it is when you, you, you memorize a song, you play it over and over and over again, you get up on stage and you're on you're on, under the heat of the lights and you've got a whole audience watching and you have no music in front of you <laughs> and it was some kind of classical song i don't remember what it was called and it was very easy for me because i'd practiced it for weeks months whatever and played through the song but in my mind thinking i don't remember the coda i don't oh. remember the end and played through, played through, and you know sometimes you just rely on your muscle memory, sure, yeah. right? You're like, you know what, hands don't fail me now. <laughs> and so I played through, kept kept going, kept going, and um, finally I got to the coda, and I had to stop. The hands. You just full did out not... stop
0: the song. I had
1: to stop, and then I had to just finish it. it Was <laughs> even a so... great key? Right, and so everybody's watching, right? Everything was going fine until just this moment I stopped and I just hit whatever notes I could, do, I could play. And I just go, it just goes. <laughs> and it was not even a good chord. It wasn't even like anything that sounded pleasing. Oh no. It was some notes and I played it and I got up. No applause. <laughs> <laughs> and, eventually somebody and they 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 clapped like but clapping, like i didn't even look up. at them i didn't even bow i just got up and walked off oh
0: the stage. babe oh my gosh and <laughs>
1: that 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 is the most embarrassing okay, um
0: that's a really good one that's excellent yeah, and we can all relate was, to that as musicians we've right. all had those moments
1: yep Yep, absolutely. Um, and then I guess my other one was when we were we were in a rock band, and um, I was the drummer of this rock band. Yes. And it's senior year. We were we were really good, and clearly the best rock band in Wisconsin. <laughs> and um, our band name was the Dregs. And I was the Seven we, Nation uh, we, Army.
0: By the way, was this that song? Uh,
1: no, 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 no. Um, uh, and, but oh, this is as that. part of our show. As part of our show, we um, we were all football players and jocks mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And so, as part of our show, we'd always play some Metallica. Right. We would play some other type of rock music, and then there was, of course, there had to be a guitar solo, right? So that he had his chance to shred. And then there was always always a drum solo, mm-hmm. so that I had a chance to show off, right? And um, and so when it got to my drum solo, it's awesome. Like all the lights cut, and we had a strobe light go. And I totally worked up this drum solo and I was flying for about maybe five seconds, maybe, maybe, maybe eight seconds. And then I started doing this whole rundown and all of a sudden my sticks go flying. (laughs) Just like, (laughs) that's it. Whoops. That was nothing. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's like... That's like the, the the probably 20 seconds of glory that that I yeah. totally missed out on from yeah. from high school.
0: Your whole life would have um, been that really could have been epic. Stick.
1: Epic. Yeah, yeah, it could have been epic.
0: <laughs> we would never have met because you would have had a recording contract.
1: I I would have had a girlfriend then. Yeah,
0: that would have been it and we would never have gotten married for sure at
1: that point. So, thank
0: goodness Because she
1: would have been you... so impressed with my drumming.
0: Yes, thank goodness Instead, you dropped your stick.
1: I dropped my sticks and all so the girls So we could get married yeah you just didn't know exactly you just
0: didn't know that's why
1: (laughs) didn't drop my sticks with you
0: no oh you're so sweet okay we'll well, cut that
1: from the podcast (laughs) no we're not that's
0: staying in um tim randall thank you for hanging out with us tonight i know that you have anytime you have an a, a freelance project you need to go work on right this instant. But I do. I appreciate you uh, taking the time to sit um, in our room while I sat in our master closet so that we could have <laughs> this interview. <laughs> and, and that our <laughs> seven year old. a real struggle. Uh, and then our seven year old <laughs> only interrupted us once, was kind of a magical thing. So. Yeah, I um, got go to go nightclub
1: now.
0: Exactly, you got to go to nightclub.